Hello, and welcome to a non-new episode of the Transfix Take podcast, where we are performance-driven. Each week, we deliver news, insights, and trends for shippers and carriers from our market expert, Justin Mays. Mays, it has been a scorcher of a last week. I hope that you've been able to stay cool. What's going on? Hey, Jenny. Glad to be back with you as well to talk more about freight. And I was able to stay cool this weekend. I hope you were as well. With the help of an air conditioner, I certainly was. But has there anything new been happening this week, Mays? Yes, Jenny, it feels like deja vu again. I feel like I'm reliving the same experience as I did almost a year ago to today. The location is only different, and it's between the east and the west. The west coast still has its port issues, but today we're actually going to focus on the congestion here in the northeast at the New York, New Jersey ports. Interestingly enough, we were just talking to Kyle Littner, who's going to be an upcoming guest on the podcast today about that. So I'm curious to know, what is it that you're going to bring about in this week's conversation? Most of the industry are also living deja vu, as the East Coast ports are now witnessing the same issues that the West Coast did last year. If you remember, we saw photos of containers left in neighborhoods, on main streets, in medians, as the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach navigated a tidal wave of empty containers and just mass port congestion. Anyone who's interacting with the port had to deal with this mess and it had impacts throughout the supply chain. Last year, empty containers could not be returned to these ports, and as a result, carriers struggled to pick up loaded containers. This again created those primary issues that we saw with the congestion at the ports throughout the pandemic. Well, now, Jenny, the Northeast is having an empty container problem of their own which could plague the regional supply chain if it gets worse. And Maze, if I remember correctly, last year when we moved freight over to the East Coast ports, or early this year rather, you predicted that this could be a possibility if we didn't get ahead of it. The bi-state chairman told our partners at the JOC the high number of empty containers swamping the port is creating a vicious cycle where there are not enough chassis to serve the needs of importers and adding to delays and moving containers off the port. Very similar to what we saw last year again on the West Coast. And such are the ebbs and flows of the supply chain, right? But the important question to ask here is, are these issues up in the East Coast going to get any better anytime soon? That's a tough question because volumes continue to climb and the congestion caused by these empty containers and tied up chassis is just starting to impact the regional supply chain. The Port of New York, New Jersey has actually stated that they're gonna follow the ports in Southern California by taking a similar approach and announced that they may start penalizing ocean carriers and charge them for storage fees on empty containers. Now, this is a step that the Southern California ports have announced they would do, but have not yet acted on. So it'll be interesting to see if the Port of New York, New Jersey will actually follow through with it and charge these ocean carriers or if just the sentiment itself will start increasing throughput like it did in the Southern California ports. All right, well, great way to set the stage for what's to come on the East Coast, but let's broaden this out and take a look at the markets across the nation, Maze. What have we got? Sweltering temperatures have been sweeping across the country. Luckily, you and I got to stay cool this past weekend, but in terms of truckload freight markets, conditions couldn't get cooler in the South and Southeast. Rates in these two regions continue to move farther into shippers' control, and tender rejections have declined as well. Carriers are not faring much better on the West Coast. Volumes continue to decline, pulling rejections down as well. Carriers have been able to keep rates flat throughout Southern California, but I would say keep an eye here because volumes leaving the Southern California markets continue to decline. Up in the Pacific Northwest, 
markets could not be looser and less favorable for carriers. With 10 rejections below 2% in major markets like Seattle, carriers are grasping for any freight they can to leave with not much of a choice in the loads they are taking. Everyone should continue to monitor the pulse of Southern California. Like I said, volumes are starting to trend lower after slightly picking up in the last 60 days. And I just wanna hit the nail here on the head, right? These coming weeks are gonna be incredibly crucial to the way Q3 ends up shaping out to be. So we have got to keep a very close eye on that. Go ahead, Maze. Just like we traditionally say, freight heading into these loose markets is having the opposite effect. And rates are slightly climbing as carriers have some leverage going into these unfavorable markets. But again, it's not much of an increase and most likely will not make up the difference on leaving those markets when you make a delivery there. Carriers do not have many pockets right now that they have the pricing power. All right, well, let's flip over to the Northeast and the Midwest markets. What do they look like? These markets have really been in stagnant water. If not, the Northeast slightly seeing some increases, but leveling off to where the region was 60 days ago. And as the Port of New York and New Jersey continue to face congestion, many shippers are taking advantage of these low spot rates and moving their freight via truck, bypassing the rail. Like I said, the Northeast has seen slight upward pressure in the last four weeks, but not much to make a big difference because we were just getting back to where we were about 60 days ago. And to be honest, Jenny, rates shouldn't move much higher than they are right now unless this congestion continues to worsen, having a great domino effect on regional truckload markets. But I honestly, Jenny, do not see much change coming through the month of August in truckload markets. September could be a different story but time will tell. Well, speaking of time will tell, of course, I'm gonna now throw a crystal ball question at you, Maze. What do you think peak season is gonna look like for 2022 this year? And are there any metrics we need to be monitoring? Well, Jenny, some of those metrics that need to be monitored are economic factors to unclear the fogginess in the crystal ball for the future of truckload freight markets. One is the increase of consumer good costs, the increased cost of consumer goods. Let's dive a little farther into that. Goods and services are up just over 9% from the prior year. Groceries are up more than 12%, which we all feel when we go to the grocery store. And gas, I don't think I need to talk too much about gas and the volatility that we are still at all-time highs. Even though we've had some weeks of dropping, the future of fuel costs remains to be most likely high. Also, let's take a look at the average savings rate of Americans. The average savings rate has continued to decline as Americans use their savings to battle inflation the past few months. Throughout, through the pandemic, we actually saw savings rates at record highs. Now, looking back at June, it was the lowest it's been since August of 2009. Let's also point to the cost to borrow money. As the Fed continues to hike interest rates, the cost to borrow money for a house, cars, or even the cost to hold debt on a credit card will only continue to get a steeper price tag. And a lot of what we talk about is retail goods that are being moved through the transportation sector. There's still a huge part of volume that comes from industrial goods being moved throughout the supply chain. And one core indicator on how much flatbed volume or even still dry good volume going on dry vans is looking at housing sales and housing starts, which are also on the decline. I think there are a million and one economic indicators that we could be looking at for the truckload sector. But 
if we just keep an eye on some core metrics, you can really start unfolding how the future of the truckload market may look for the remainder of 2022 and possibly the start of 2023 unless something major changes economically within the country. Maze, I was not expecting that killer answer from you, but I expect no less in general. So thank you so much for expanding on that. There's a lot that we need to be looking at over the next couple of weeks, and no doubt you will get that here from Transfix. Jenny, I look forward to seeing you again next week as we dive deeper into what peak season means and what we should be on the lookout for. And with that, we'll see you next week with an all-new episode of the Transfix Take podcast. Until then, as always, drive safely. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Transfix Inc. or any parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the participants are affiliated and may have been previously disseminated by them. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based upon information considered reliable, but neither Transfix Inc. nor its affiliates nor the companies with which the participants are affiliated warrant its completeness or accuracy and it should not be relied upon as such. All views and opinions are subject to change.